This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It falls to Ely on the volley! What a finish! Gotti Kinda has struck! It falls to Polito and he puts it in! To Johnny Russell, first time shot! And Johnny Russell has a hat trick! The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra. Find your fit. Now your host, Nate Buchanan. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810, WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. We hope you subscribe. We hope you like the podcast page. Or if you're watching us on uh, on video on the 810 Facebook page or YouTube page as well, we appreciate you however you're taking in the content today. Nate Buchady with you as always, uh, joined by Allie Trost and Connor McCourt. Allie, how are you? I'm doing well, especially well with all the uh, exciting news around sporting. Boy, there's a lot of exciting stuff. Connor McCourt, what's up, man? I'm fantastic, Nate. Great to be here again. It is a fantastic time to be here. And as you guys can see, I'm kissing up to the boss today. <laughs> Uh, those of you that are watching on video, I am wearing my number 15 Chiefs jersey right now. Uh, yes, it's not. Well, I guess it's it's almost football season because they've uh, they've reported to camp. But if you don't know why, yes, I'm, I'm kissing up to the boss. I'm I, I'm a I'm a first rate suck up when it comes to uh, making sure the bosses are happy, or at least trying my best <laughs> to do that. And if you haven't seen Sporting Kansas City put out a press release today. And I will read from said press release. By the way, coming up on the show, we're going to have uh, Nicholas Isimot Marine on the show. EC, they call him. He's going to join us in the next segment. We'll talk about a massive win for Sporting KC against Seattle. Also, maybe some thoughts on the San Jose game controversy in that one because we haven't had a chance to talk since then. And we'll look ahead to the FC Dallas game coming up. But the news release that we will start with today, Sporting KC welcomes Patrick Mahomes as member of Sporting Club Ownership Group. Uh, this uh, dated July 27th, 2021, Sporting Kansas City announced today that the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback and Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes has become a new member of the Sporting Club Ownership Group. Quote, I am grateful for the opportunity to join Sporting Kansas City's ownership team and strengthen my connection to the fans and the city I love, Mahomes said. Sporting is a community-oriented club, and I am excited to continue supporting the growth of soccer in Kansas City. And then we have a quote from Cliff Illig. Patrick is a tremendous ambassador for the city, and we are delighted to welcome him to the Sporting Club Ownership Group, said Cliff Illig, principal owner of Sporting KC. In addition to achieving excellence on the field, he is deeply committed to giving back to the community and elevating the sport of soccer. Patrick is also accustomed to cultivating a winning culture, and we look forward to contending for championships at Children's Mercy Park well into the future. There's, uh, there's, there's more on Patrick Mahomes in the news release and all that, but that's the main stuff right there. Guys, your reaction, Patrick Mahomes, part owner of Sporting Kansas City. I don't think, Nate, that anyone can really fully understand Mahomes' vision for Kansas City sports because what we've seen in just a short amount of time, he signs this massive, just never-seen-before contract in not just the NFL, but in the in sports and in professional sports, just a few weeks later joins the Royals' ownership group. Um, now, a year later, announced that he is part owner, uh, part owner rather, of this 
you know, sporting Kansas City. And who knows? Does that mean an NBA team or an NHL team is next? <laughs> I, I feel like the, the trend that we're seeing now is just Mahomes is working to just really put Kansas City or help put Kansas City even more so on the map than it already is. And not to mention his fiance, Brittany Matthews, of course, part owner of KCNWSL. So just remarkable that these two individuals in such a short amount of time have really um, made a strong initiative to become involved in the sports scene here. Well, the, I mean, not the talk to in the NBA or anything, but there is a Kansas City GAA team that is looking for new ownership. Ah, if, that's the Gath Gaelic Football <laughs> Association. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. we're technically not for sale or whatever. National we're champs, at, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, wait, two, three years ago, yeah. But we need to be brought back to the glory days and... <laughs> Mahomes could be the man to bring us back. Hey, <laughs> let's see. Let's see what kind we'll put of in a request. Uh, the promised yeah, let's land. see what kind of per persuasive <laughs> abilities Connor McCord has right there, because it does seem that the Mahomes Enterprise Group, I mean, between uh, Patrick and Brittany, are set on owning everything in town, <laughs> and uh, and we're here for it. They're putting yeah. down roots in a major way. Um, look, I think that it says things from both sides, right? It says. Again, it's it's just it's affirmation that Patrick Mahomes is invested literally and emotionally in the city. He's come to sporting games since he first started playing for the Chiefs. He and his girlfriend at the time, Brittany, would come to games all the time. Uh, as you said, they've they've got ownership stakes in other teams in town as well. So it's it, it just reaffirms what we've already come to know about Patrick Mahomes and Brittany in this situation. But it also says something about where sporting Kansas City uh, rest in the in the spot of Kansas City, that he considers this to be worth his while to be an investor. He might not think the same thing about the Gaelic Football Club. Well, I don't know, Connell. Well, I don't know well, that I mean. yet. We'll see. But, you know, it, it is um, – there, look, there's this is still a sport and a team that in Kansas City is fighting for its own foothold and legitimacy in certain parts of the market. We know there's a huge fan base that, that – the legitimacy is there, um, but there's still a big part of the city that we're trying to win over. And I think that when all of a sudden the most popular sports figure in the city, by far, maybe in the history of the city, the most universally respected sports athlete since at least Tom Watson and George Brett says, yeah, I'm, I'm not just a fan. I'm invested. I believe in the future of this and I want to be a part of it. Uh, that certainly does well for uh, what Sporting Kansas City is trying to become. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it speaks volumes about Major League Soccer as well and where this league and sport in America is going. And, and in Kansas City, of course, uh, looking at how Sporting Kansas City has, you know, over the last decade plus and really since, uh, you know, it's 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 joined, you know, the the league when it first started 25 years ago. I mean, sporting has, and I was talking with the St. Louis radio station about this as St. Louis is about to get a team here, um, you know, in, in 2023, I believe now it is with everything getting pushed back. Kansas City has kind of put that that blueprint out there as to how to, you know, not just make it successful at the professional level, but all the way down the line with the developmental academies and really establishing a pro player pathway that is, producing and that's going to be seen more and more around the league but where sporting is where major league soccer is going and now you know seeing someone like Patrick Mahomes who is you know not just investing in the city but investing in the sport investing in major league soccer I think is is huge and right. we've seen you know what Russell Wilson with the Sounders I, I mean it just it says a lot I think when athletes who have that high profile are investing back into other sports that are still, like you said, Nate, fighting for, for that viewership, that fan base. And I, it's just, it's amazing. So I'm excited to see uh, where this goes. And Johnny Russell did tell me, I asked him, we got to get Patrick Mahomes through a tunnel. 
This is a, this is a tunnel. Oh, this is a tunnel worthy. No, hey, uh, he won't hey, let that happen. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, I mean, I know he plays happen. tackle football. He's used to getting hit, but we're not. Ta- nobody's this hurting. This will be Patrick a lighter, Mahomes. a lighter tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> put him in a bubble contact free you, tunnel. That tunnel there'll be more money in the transfer kitty anyway I assume <laughs> with that big monster contract that he signed but as you're saying like he's really he's putting his money where his mouth is like look he doesn't live in LA it's not New York this isn't a massive market team he mm-hmm. says I believe in this team I believe in where they can go not not just I don't just want to be a fan as you said he's invested he's an owner he's you know I mean, he he's down with the plan with whatever's going. Obviously, it's been sold to him. So, but it also it makes the Chiefs better, right? Like I, I think about this from time to time. You know, just with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, and I remember Matt Beasler telling us, you know, that was inspiration to them because they see that parade and they're like, we want that. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. I think that the success of the professional teams in town is only going to then raise the level for everyone else. It's like there's that support there, but it's also that pressure. Like, hey, we want to bring this incredible sports fan base that same kind of joy and just excitement through winning titles. And I, I just think that when you see the level of expectation raised and then that investment uh, from someone like Mahomes, it just it makes everyone better. And I think that's going to be hopefully something we see continue. Now, I, do, I haven't seen anything on this yet, but it also it doesn't hurt for the old uh, we need a World Cup game here. I'm glad you brought that up, Connell, yeah. because, um, look, th- this is the way I look at things right now. The sport, and look, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest about this. Seven years ago, I made a career choice to pivot away from doing play-by-play at the college level, at the university that I grew up loving and cheering for, to giving it a go with soccer. And there was a little bit of a leap there. I was relatively inexperienced at, at doing play-by-play for soccer at that time. It was, as I've described it, the sport that I loved the most but knew the least about. Um, and, and a lot of people in my family thought I was nuts, you know, because what, what are you doing? KU's been around for a hundred and however many years. It's a great program, all those things. And this sport, ha- half the city doesn't even know their games when the games are on or, or, or care. And I just felt uh, I made, there were many reasons for the decision. Most of it was just following my heart, honestly. And I think if you do that in life, you're going to be better off more often than if you overthink things. But I felt like the 30-year the arc of this sport in this country, and particularly in this town, was going to do nothing but go up for the rest of my life. It might be a slow arc, but I just think it's going to continue to grow in profile and prestige. And this is another—there have been so many times since I made that decision where I felt like, see, this is another example. Now, there have been some moments that scared me a little bit. When the, when the U.S. missed out on making it to the World Cup this last time around, I thought, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to this sport? And the sports short-term took a huge setback because of that. But these things that keep happening, and you see the atmosphere in places like Austin, Texas, and, of course, here in Kansas City, but, but the new places like Austin that, that like, oh, my gosh, look at that. That's in America. Mm-hmm. Continues to make, And then you see people like James Harden and Patrick Mahomes and Matthew McConaughey get invested in their local clubs and Will Ferrell and all this Your stuff. Your good buddy, Will Ferrell. My good buddy, Will Ferrell. All that <laughs> stuff happens. And then, to me, I look at it and say, okay, now we also have this wave. And I mean a wave now. It's not just a trickle. It's a wave of teenage kids who are coming up through the well-established academy programs here in the United States that never existed before, who are more prepared than ever to go to Europe, Mm -hmm. who are going straight to the top leagues in Europe, not having to make a stop in necessarily, you know, Scotland first or whatever, 
And no offense there, Connell. I took a great I saw the look that, at your. I mean, he's gonna bash that microphone. I thought you were gonna face. say like Austria or somewhere. But well, man. hey, Austria the same, and some guys do that too. And look, there are great, there are great teams in Scotland, but there are also some teams that aren't so great. Right? right. That's fair to say. If you go straight to Celtic, that's a heck of a jump. Chris Mueller just sent for Hibs too, though. Right. Right. And Hibs is one of the bigger clubs in mm-hmm. Scotland. Um, so my point being is just it, it, there. You go though. Another young American that's that that, that are doing these things. We have this wave of players, and in five years from now, we have a World Cup coming to the United States and potentially Kansas City, hopefully Kansas City. This next five years, to me, is going to be the buildup to something incredible that a lot of people in this country don't understand until they won't understand until it happens. I think those of us that have been a part of the wave we feel it coming, right? I don't, and unless you guys feel no, differently I, than me, this thing is, is building up to, to be transcendent. Um, and, and we get to be a part of it. And, we get to, and it's kind of fun being, uh, being woke. I hate using that term right now because that's, well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a charged term. But to, to being aware of what's coming. Eyes wide open. To, 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 to enjoy that, that ride up. Because once we get there, I think the, everything's going to be different. Yeah. I do. I think things are going to, I mean, I'm not suggesting it's going to be more popular than football or anything like that, but I just think that everything has a chance to have changed after this. And we're all going to look back at Hey, remember before the World Cup, those of us that were big soccer fans in this country that saw this thing coming and got to enjoy watching it? And so I'm glad you brought that up, Connell, because I do. I think it all ties together. I really well, do. And the timing, it's such a pivotal time that we're in right now as Kansas City is pushing for that, that 2026 World Cup bid because the decision – the last we heard from Kathy Nelson, the sports commissioner uh, here with the Casey Sports Commission, she had mentioned that, you know, the decision's coming within the next year or so. So this is a time to really, like, yeah. make that push. Yeah, it'll fly and, in, like, yeah, for sure. And, you know, to have someone like Mahomes involved. And, again, not to say that that's going to – make or break this no i don't know one the, thing is no one no thing one is, thing but is you just keep so stacking you stack, up. Yeah. yeah the higher you stack your chips the better your odds <laughs> yeah. are so right, for sure and you just threw one of the most popular sports icons on the planet in into the mix mm-hmm. right like and, and that's and, not even hyperbole like no. even in ireland england everywhere everybody knows who patrick Mahomes is <laughs> right. everybody right so right the fact that he's now attached his name to sporting it doesn't hurt us, right? No, it doesn't at all. All right, let's 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 move on to the next topic. Sporting Kansas City, uh, a couple of big games this past week. They settled for a 1-1 draw against San Jose. Controversy in that one with the, with the penalty, no penalty, all of that. Uh, and then they go to Seattle, take on the first-place team in the West. Both teams are severely limited in terms of the, what's available to their starting lineup. But Sporting KC smashed them 3-1. Um, and I say smash because Brian Schmetzer's team had never suffered a home loss by more than one goal in the six years he's been the manager there, and Sporting delivered that to them. Allie, what did it mean? People are debating right now. This, can you take what can you take away from this when neither team was at full strength? What do you say? So I say that you can take a lot away from this. I was on MLS Spaces this morning on Twitter, and the correspondent for Seattle before I jumped in was just saying, you know, sporting celebrating a little too hard for it being the middle of July. They still play each other two more times, blah, 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 blah. If that's the mentality that a team takes in, then I'm sorry, that's not a championship winning mindset in my opinion. Because I look at Sporting Kansas City who 
like you mentioned, also without key players, also coming off an emotional midweek game against San Jose. I know that, you know, Sounders go down to Austin. They play five teenagers. They walk away with the result after an, after an insane Rudy Diaz goal. Sporting Kansas City had to grind out a result against a San Jose team that, you know, a game that saw 22 second half fouls and their manager watching from home in a COVID-related situation. I can tell you the mindset of Sporting going into that game, just in talking with a lot of the different guys, they wanted to prove something in that game. And yes, it is just July. There is still a lot of soccer to be played um, as far as, you know, in the grand scheme of what this game means. Does it necessarily mean Sporting's going to finish on top of the Western Conference because they beat Seattle in July, missing, you know, key players? Who knows? But what it does say is that this Sporting Kansas City team is is legit and the depth that they have that was my biggest takeaway is the depth that that team has they went into the la galaxy game a couple of weeks ago missing 50 percent of their scoring up to that point in the season Kyrie shelton and johnny russell opened their scoring accounts then you go to this game johnny russell scores his second goal of the season Gotti kinda who had been missing for you know a couple of weeks with injury sets up the assist on daniel shallowy's ninth goal of the season he's just two away from matching by the way his golden boot finishing scoring number for the 2018 season. And I think we it's safe to say he's going to surper, surpass that 11 uh, goals scored. And then Cameron Duke, who has just been so impressive in back-to-back games, we're seeing an impact from these young homegrown players at, in a, at a rate and, and just in, in numbers that we hadn't seen before with this club. So I think for Sporting Kansas City, there's a lot to take away. And the number one thing being the depth, because last year in the playoffs, Alan Polito's absence is what killed Sporting in that game. That, to me, was the difference between, um, you know, winning and advancing against Minnesota and not. And now you're seeing impact players who may not be starting every game, but are coming in and getting results, a 3-1 res- result against a team like Seattle, who... Still had Rui Diaz on the field. Kellen Rowe probably played his worst game of the season, uh, was you know the one who turned the ball over, setting up that second goal. Jimmy Madrana didn't look great either, but they, had, they still had some key players there on the field. So it's not to say that that was a totally depleted Sounders team. I won't buy that. Um, I think, I think it, it's massive, psychologically, the three points that they just picked up there. And I know this, it sounded like this, the Sounders reporter kind of tried to play it down a little, just the result, but... Like let's be, let's think of it. We lost that game. We're sitting here right now. Sporting are eight points behind the Sounders, yeah. albeit with a game in hand at the top um, of the West. But going in there, Sporting done a job on them, and it's really I hate the cliches like, but it really is a next man up type mentality. EC Matt Marin comes in after missing. I mean, what we spoke about. Comes in, doesn't miss a beat. Remy Walter comes in, doesn't miss a beat. I thought he, he was, was fantastic. I thought he was. Team Absolutely of the week performance. Fantastic, I mean, yeah. He had the best passing completion on Sporting in that game, over ninety percent, and was on the ball quite a bit. First half, and it, just, it kind of uh, the reason I say next man up is because it kind of reminded me of Elia. He was a bit more mobile, but just in terms of just keeping the ball moving, keeping it ticking over when, especially when Sporting go up, and it looks like you know sometimes you can get a bit ahead of yourself. But he just kept moving, lending the ball, getting it back, passing it, making tackles. The amount of in the midfield that. That's where Sporting won that game at the weekend in the midfield. The amount of times they were pressing at the right times, picking pockets, setting up new, uh, setting us up going forward. Kyrie was great. I think it was a massive, psychologically a massive three points because you're up there, you're on the road. And look, yeah, they may have had a bit of a depleted squad, but we've been there before and we've suffered from it. So it's just a matter of people are now coming of age. It looks like players that are coming in can step up and take the Reigns, the likes of Cam Duke, the likes of Remy Walter, and AC Matt Marin as well. It's great stuff going forward. 
For me, it's not a question of whether or not this was a statement victory. To me, the question is, what is the statement? There's no doubt in my mind that this was a statement victory. I mean, you could, if you want to really parse it, say that every game sends a statement of some sort. What's the statement? To me, the statement is not, hey, here you go. We're better than you. Kansas City, you know, the, the West goes through Kansas City. That, it's, that would be overstating it. The statement to me is, and it kind of goes to what you were saying about the difference between winning and losing that game, where you are in the table. Mm-hmm. The statement is, we are a factor in the race for the West and for the Supporter Shield. Now, look, they're not even yet to the halfway point. We're getting close, though. We're getting very close to the half. Two, two games away, I believe, from the halfway point of the season. It's the midsummer. And Peter Vermees even said after the game, look, this is, everybody's grinding through this part of the season. Seattle's infamous for struggling massively up until this point of the season. Then they make a big summer acquisition, and they take off the rest of the way. So I can understand why their reporter would have the attitude that he has. Hey, look, if we're in first place now, look out, because we're going we're gonna to take it up a notch. So to me, the statement is, we're right there with you, Seattle, and you've got work on your hands to try to win this West. It's not going to be as easy as it looked through the first 13 games of the season when you're depleted and still nobody can beat you. I think that's a big statement. I think that is. That, that announced that those two games, when they play each other in September and October, are probably going to matter a whole hell of a lot. You know, to me, that's a big statement to send. That gets me excited as a fan for the rest of the year. And the other statement, in my opinion, is, and I'm glad you guys brought up Remy Walter, assuming all these reports about Busio are true, does Sporting Kansas City still stand as a trophy-caliber team? And I'm sure that every guy in that locker room would have told you yes before this game. But they, I think, affirmed to themselves and to everyone else that the answer unequivocally is yes. Because Remy Walter did play fantastically. Roger Espinoza is still playing fantastically at his age. They bossed the midfield in Seattle on an unfamiliar surface that Seattle are used to. They dominated and dictated the play. All of the goals came because of the midfield winning the ball, mm-hmm. especially the first two. I don't remember exactly how they won the ball in the third one, but on the first one, Roger Espinosa took the ball away, and that sent you know, the play into motion that, that ended up in Johnny Russell getting fouled. Um, Gotti Kinda takes the ball away from Kellen Rowe. That sets up the goal for Daniel Shallowy, and they, and they did it all game. To me, that's a massive statement. The fact that Cam Duke has come on in the last two games and shown that not only can you get by, because there's, let's be honest, there's there's playing teenagers and homegrowns where you're like, let's just hope we can get by for 60 minutes until we can bring in our, our veteran or whatever. Let's hope we can just hold the fort down. And then there's the, let's bring in the kid, and Johnny Russell, our captain, says he's the best player on the field by a mile. And then in the next game, he backs it up by scoring a heck of a goal. Right and, and helping close out a, a victory, which was a difficult ask at that time when it yes. was 2-1 and he came into the game. So for me, those are the two statements. Does it say sporting's the best team in the West? No. That would be absurd to sit here and try to argue that. We, those of us that have watched this league long enough know that there's a long way to go, and many things can and will happen between now and, and winter when, you know, when, the, when the playoffs begin. But what, what sporting did state in my opinion is yeah we're not just in second place we're coming for first and you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna have to really do some work to keep it keep it away from us well and is I that just, fair that is 100 percent fair and i the one thing i want to add to that too is just being down there 
right up close on the field, the intensity that Sporting was playing with in that game, and especially after they scored, because there was always that concern. You know, there was the storyline all season's been, you know, this team has 17 points more than any other team when coming from behind, and you're better off. Like, I saw people tweeting, like, hey, Seattle, you're probably better off that Sporting scored first because it means that, you know, the result might actually go more your way than uh, if they had conceded first. The way that sporting responded after seattle did pull one back and at, and even after they did score a goal there was a different level of intensity that they, that they were playing with and i've only been down on the sideline for you know a number of games this season but just it was it was a different type of intensity that i don't even know if i can properly describe and cameron duke coming into that game nate like you said and not just in a different you know situation than having started Um, in the game against San Jose where he was able to feel out the game a bit more and then getting into his rhythm about, I'd say it probably took him about 12, 15 minutes before he really started to, you know, kind of play the way that we saw him play throughout the rest of that game. But to come in and immediately make that impact after a tactical adjustment had been made where he was playing as the the lone attacking midfielder as the 10 in front of two sixes, like just his ability to adapt and immediately respond and put himself in dangerous positions – and then the way that he just finished that goal was, I mean, that was veteran level stuff, not skying that over the crossbar. And, you know, it, it just, that composure. And, and I think what Vermees said was perfect. I hope he starts playing with a little bit more arrogance now because he deserves to. Well, there you go. Arrogance uh, here on the show today. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Nicholas Isimat Marine, Isi, the center back who also has come on the last two games and shown that he's going to be a big factor for Sporting KC the rest of the season as well. This is the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we continue with the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you downloading and listening to the show or watching the show. And we are very excited now to be joined by one of the newest members of Sporting Kansas City, center back Nicholas Isimat Marine. He goes by Isi. Uh, hello, Isi. How are you? Hello, everybody. I'm good. Thank you. Now, I want to double check this at all times. Did I say your full name correctly? Nicholas Isimat Marine. Is that, is that close? Yeah, is that correct? That's a good one, yes. Okay, but you prefer to go by Isi. Yeah, everybody can call me easy, you know, even my family call me my mother, so I'm used to now. Okay, your mom always called you that. Okay. Now yeah. what about what about if you got in trouble with your mother? Because I know my mom always called me by my I became Nathaniel when I was in trouble. Did your mom call you something different if you did something naughty? Oh yes, when I do yeah, exactly this come back with Nicholas with the S in the back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, hey, we're we're excited to talk to you and I think our our fans have not gotten a chance to get to know you that well yet because you no. got here, you had to sit out for a while, then you got yeah. on the field, you had the hamstring injury, so we didn't get to see you much for, for most of the season. But now you're mm-hmm. back and you're playing, so um, let, let's do that a little bit today. Let's let the fans get to know you. First of all, what has this season been like for you, having to go through all of the things that I just mentioned to finally get yourself back out on the field? For me, it's very yeah. It's, everything is new. It's new environment, uh, a new new league, new player, new staff, everything. But it looks like very similar to what I can what I'm used to in Europe. I mean, about the mentality. Here, uh, I was surprised about so many things. Uh, even about the fans, the stadium, and everything. I was really big surprise about this. So football become bigger and bigger, and I was surprised about the intensity uh, on the league. 
I mean, the people all they run here is that's really crazy, and uh, that was my little bit surprise in, uh, in the beginning. And I get some injury, but I want to just big applause to um, to the staff and to the people who help me every day uh, with my character. I mean, for uh, for put me uh, up on the field the the more quick what I can, what they can. I mean, so yeah, I'm very happy uh, with that. Now I try to work uh, very uh, often for be uh, for help the team every weekend. So it's only two weeks now I'm uh, back on the field. So I'm, I'm very happy. Issy, you mentioned your experience playing in Europe. And I'm curious from, I, I know it hasn't been a lot of time here in MLS, but how does Major no. League Soccer compare to some of those top European clubs that you spent the majority of your career playing for? No, for, uh, it's more really, really interesting about um, uh, the dynamic uh, during the game. Uh, every team is ready to run that crazy, honestly. Uh, box to box, and you just need to be uh, to be sharp. We have uh, the chance of a, a quality uh, coach, manager, and staff who can help us to to prepare the game. And after uh, all the teammates, uh, everybody try their best for for get a good season. And I'm happy to to be part of the team. Hey, you see, um, as has already been alluded to, you haven't really got the opportunity to play a, a lot of minutes here in MLS since you arrived, but is there anything that's kind of shocked you since you've got here? I mean, I mean, whether it be the travel or uh, you're playing obviously a, a bunch of different altitudes or different climates or anything, is there anything that you weren't really expecting that you've noticed since you've got here? Yes, the referee. Okay. I mean, he's a joke, he's a joke, he's a joke, he's a joke. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, I mean, serious, it's difficult to speak with them, you know, uh, it's so special. It's other subject, but... Uh, more about uh, no, uh, I have some expectation, and my expectation was quite good. You know, I was here for um, uh, be back on shape the more quick what I can after my uh, my old club. I mean, uh, in Turkey, I would like to just find a, a nice challenge with the objective to to be uh, to be yeah to feeling right on my body. I mean, and after to yeah to play for the first role on this league. Um, about the concept, about the playoff and everything, is very really, yeah exciting for me. It's a new challenge on this uh, on this part, so uh, it's a lot of positive uh, sign. Okay, we're we're visiting with uh, Nicolas Isimat Marine Isi as uh, as he likes to go by, and I'm writing down a lot of the different words that he has used to describe the league so far. He's talked about the intensity, the mentality. The fact you've mentioned twice already, EC, that they run everywhere <laughs> in this league. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and then you said that uh, the referee uh, has been a surprise to you in a good way or a bad way. What uh, in what Both way? Both way. Okay. <laughs> Both way. The the, uh, the thing that I really like is uh, my trainer fight every time with the referee. So uh, I like the spirit. You know, everybody fight for himself. So. That's a good thing. Okay, so the referees stand up for themselves is what you're saying, and you like that yeah. about them here. Okay, good, Yeah, good. it's good, it's good. Yeah. Okay, so um, you mentioned also that the atmosphere in the stadium has been a surprise to you, and, and those of us who live here in Kansas City, we love hearing that, of course. It makes us proud, but we're also – we hear that a lot now. We hear that a lot from people that come from other countries that – maybe did not expect to see a great stadium atmosphere in Kansas City if they had ever even heard of Kansas City before. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's something that we're proud of, and it's something that we hear quite a bit. Um, do you have any special memories already or moments that stand out to you where you realized, I've come to a really good soccer community? 
Mm, yes, few moments, you know, especially when you yeah, when you get some injury and you're so exciting to be part of the of the team. You see, you have some goal, you have some atmosphere, some kind of even story. When you go, uh, when we was losing or make drawing, and finally we win the game, and the atmosphere was just amazing. I like the the atmosphere on the city. Uh, about the news about uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, joined the, the club, you know, is I think everybody is concerned about uh, about this club, and this is the best feeling what uh, I can uh, what I can have uh, here. So, Isi, are you a big football fan? American football, not you know the football that we all know here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I try to find my way here, you know, about new sports and everything. I play kickball. I have my kickball team here, you know, so I just want to, like, yeah, I just discover so many things. And, of course, uh, I'm, uh, I, I've become a fan of, uh, of the Chiefs now, so. Nice. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> Is there anywhere in town that you've uh, you've kind of got used to going any different places for food or anything, Issy, that's uh, different about being here in the Midwest that you wouldn't really get in Europe? Yeah, it's a big, big applause again for the uh, big cheers for the barbecue here, you know. So it's a pleasure <laughs> to just share with the people and especially they, they are very kind here. I'm surprised about this. I just go every day on the lift on the tower where I live here and people just speak about everything. They say, I like your shoes. You know, they're always kind of nice, positive vibes uh, here and uh, this, uh, I'm enjoying this. Oh, this this is great. We're we're visiting with uh with EC and and he says everybody's concerned about the club. I, I like that. At, that's that's right. Everybody cares, and the fact that everybody's friendly. We call that Midwest nice here. Um, now you did tell me I got a chance to spend a little bit of time with you, EC, before the season, and one of yeah. the things you brought up to me is that you love the NBA. So I'm assuming you had fun watching the NBA playoffs, and your native of France just sent uh, the United States basketball team to a loss the other day in the Olympics. Were you watching that game? Um, and uh, yeah. what was your reaction? Uh, first was about the college team, you know, during the time when I arrived. And this was very exciting. So it was new for me to know this kind of thing. And I know a lot of people in the country follow the college. After that, uh, yeah, the NBA arrived. And uh, in, the, in the facility, a lot of people bet about um, about who's going to win, who's going to be further, who's going to be the MVP, everything. So, hey, uh, I learned a few new words here. I like the atmosphere and I like uh, just, uh, yeah, everybody enjoy. But even the, what is the name, the baseball, about yeah. so many sports, you know. So, you know, it's, it's a good city. I mean, it's very competitive city and everybody want to be the best on their categories. So they try to, to follow the, yeah, the, the Royals and the, the Chiefs too, you know. Be the best on the, on the, on the country. So, EC, something that Graham Zussi had told the media a few weeks ago was that you and fellow Frenchman Remy Walter were in for a rude awakening with the heat <laughs> in the Midwest. So, we're talking about atmosphere of the fans and the stadium. <laughs> but, how has the atmosphere and then just the climate been here and getting adjusted to just how hot? Did you believe them when they told you it was going to get as hot as it's been getting here in the Midwest? No, because uh, we, we speak with this with Remy. We come back with a big jacket uh, in the beginning because it was mean. Uh, what was the. It was very cold even here. It was even uh -huh. froze, frozen when we were there uh -huh. in the beginning. So, yeah. Uh, and after, when the heat arrived, they told me it's not even the, the maximum of the of the Fahrenheit. So <laughs> I was saying, okay, you know, and I just even start the warming up and I'm very tired in the morning. So uh, it's, your body going to be used to, but it's nice to, yeah, to progress on this thing, to upgrade on this. Uh, 
Yeah, trust me, as he has someone else from Europe as well, you do not get used to it. But <laughs> okay. it, it just it gets more and more bearable. But yeah, not, not never very. Here's the thing I'll say. As a person from Kansas City, I just want to say this. It only lasts a couple of months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you've got, you've got, like you've got one more month to go, EC, right. and then when we get to the fall, the the temperature is going to cool off. Go ahead, Connell. EC, is there uh-huh. uh, just bringing it back to MLS? Is there any? Uh, you were talking about the atmosphere inside the stadium. There is there any stadiums yep. that you've seen in MLS that you're looking forward to go to, or ones that you've already been to that, that uh, surprised you? You liked more than you thought you would. No, they told me. I've uh, conversation with uh, Peter and Bren about this before the before to join this club. And finally, uh, yeah, my expectation was well on this thing on this side, and I'm still focused. We everybody can help us to achieve some objective for, for this season. So it would be interesting when everybody gonna be fit, when the Gold Cup gonna be uh, done too. You know, so you have such a, yeah, such an interesting uh, to deal together uh, during this season. EC, let's talk about the team a little bit because, as you said, it's two games back for you. You guys got a big win in Seattle. That's a great place uh, with the atmosphere yeah. to play in as well. How has it been for you? Do you feel like you you fit right back in with your communication with Fonte and, and the rest of the back line? How have you uh, felt that uh, that process has gone since you've come back from the injury? Yeah, I think uh, they mentioned every time uh, – the group, because the group is everything. I mean, everybody try to help each other uh, in a nice way. I come back from a long injury, so they put me in the right position. Uh, the assistant trainer was even doing uh, a good job for the two the two game because uh, Peter was not here. So, yeah, everybody was focused for for get the result there. Uh, I see, I saw the motivation and the determination on people was uh, very high. Uh, during this uh, this trip, so yeah, it's uh, a lot of confidence for for uh, the next game. How was it getting to celebrate that win with with the team? A big one, you know. I, I saw the the photos posted from the locker room with the yeah. whole group and just nothing but smiles. Just how I guess motivating and how much confidence did the group get from that win in Seattle on Sunday night? I mean, everybody was celebrating, but for my, for myself, it was more. Uh, I put some ice on my knee. I put everything. I was very <laughs> off, you know. I was, I can't stand even, you know. So, but yeah, was uh, was interesting again to and happy for the uh, academy too. I mean, for the young players who play for the academy, they they do uh, a good job. So no, uh, I really mean is uh, you need to include everybody on the club. Everybody make a good this job. Everybody try to be focused and to reach the, the whole goal. I mean, you see, how was it uh, this Sunday? I'm just curious. I mean, obviously, Kerry Savagnin has uh, the respect of all the players, but with Peter not being there, with the head coach not being there, I mean, obviously, he's such a massive character. Was that something that it, did you kind of just try to act as if everything was normal, just try and carry on like it's another game? But missing his presence on the sideline, could, could you guys feel that on the pitch? Uh, no, it's a extra motivation, you know. We know we must do the job because yeah, he will watch the game for sure, and you must be good, you know. So uh, I won't say, nah, it doesn't matter. Of course, it matter who take the team. Uh, we are very happy uh, with uh, with Peter, is the boss. But even Kerry make a good job, so nah, yeah, 
big big and big cheer for all of them. Uh, they shoot in the same way, and I like the connection what they have together. Help very good the group uh, during this season. Have you found any French food in in Kansas City that you like yet, EC? Uh, no, I don't, I don't. I'm not checking for French food. No, it looks like <laughs> catfish. Uh, catfish the food for me. No, I'm not, I'm not looking. Only the real American food. I'm, okay, I'm, you know, you're uh, not, you're not trying to. You, you you would rather have your French food in France. You you'd rather exactly okay. this. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, because I I can give you a couple of recommendations if you need them, but it sounds like you're good with American cuisine right now. And the barbecue, yeah. Yeah. the barbecue, yeah. like way. you mentioned. So we're glad <laughs> that you. Way. Been able to do we that. don't gonna make some. We don't gonna make some publicity for the for some barbecue place here. But trust me, it's very good. Good, <laughs> good. We love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Isia, uh, the other week, Timelia said that you play with a calmness that, as a goalkeeper, kind of scares them a little bit at times, just because of how calm you are even under pressure on the ball. How would you describe your style of play and the type of player that you strive to be on the pitch week in and week out? No, it's something very uh, in me. I mean. Um, uh, I really try to, yeah, to just play my football. But it's more about the the movement of my of my teammate and the confidence what what I feel around me too. You know, it's more about uh, the mentality. Uh, if you feel people, they are kind of give you the free feeling to do what you want on the on the way. They know to or how you play on the training. So yeah, it's not a surprise. I'm not gonna take thousand risks. It's just uh, I'm here for for yeah. First, my my job is to defend and to help the team. Uh, I can. Even upgrade on the aggressivity. I mean, uh, normally I'm, I can be very hard even on the on the on the striker. I hope to be uh, fit uh, uh, the more quick what I can. So after, yeah, I just want to uh, be careful the striker for yeah, all the message for the striker on the league. Well, Isi, we really appreciate the time, and we're glad that you're feeling healthy now. We're glad you're enjoying the barbecue and the atmosphere yeah. and the mentality of the city and all of that. Uh, we hope you continue to have a great time here, and thank you so much for the time today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, okay, Isi. that is uh, that is Nicholas Isimat Marine. Uh, if he's in trouble with his mom, Nicholas. Nicholas. Yes. Nicholas. But if it's with us, it's Isi, and uh, he's <laughs> not in trouble with us. We're happy to have him here as well. We'll take a break. We're going to look forward to what's coming up next for Sporting Kansas City, and go over some news in the league as well. Right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you stream your video content, we're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And guys, now Sporting Kansas City have a rare week between games uh, because they're going to be doing it again next week where they go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, by the way. So that's going to be tough. So they get a full week to get ready for this game against FC Dallas. FC Dallas are struggling. They're in 10th place in the West, but they just got a 4-0 win against the LA Galaxy, who are one of the contenders so far in the West this year. Ricardo Pepe became the youngest player in MLS to have a hat trick as uh, he notched three goals in that game. What do we make of this FC Dallas team that's coming to town on Saturday night at 7.30? You can't rule them out. I mean, I, this is one of those games where it's, it's got all the makings for a game that Sporting should win. It's at home. It's against a team that's struggled up to this point this season. But looking at the result that they got against LA Galaxy just, I think, says everything you need to know. It's that 
on any given, you know, day in MLS, a team can come in and, and surprise you. And I think especially given, you know, it's sporting, like you mentioned, Connell, they're just two points now behind Seattle in the Western Conference standings. They've got a really tough week next week on the road, back to back, going to LAFC and then Colorado, a really difficult place to play uh, with a lot of travel there. This is a time you got to capitalize and get three points. It's at home, but I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Nate, their, their young star, uh, Ricardo Pepe, is just, that's going to be a player to watch. Yeah, the, he'll definitely be on the radar for sure of uh, of all the defenders and of the of the coaching staff, I'm sure. But look, one thing this team's been good at notoriously is winning their home games. I, I would fancy sporting up against anybody coming into town, pretty much anybody in the league right now coming into the t- coming into town to play. They're firing on all cylinders. Like it's hard to get into the team at the minute. FC Dallas are they're okay. They've had a bad start to the season and whatever. We know what we know what they're going to bring to town. It's, Ricardo Pepe and stuff like you have to watch out for him, but I'm betting sporting against anyone at the minute, especially coming here to KC. So they, um, this this FC Dallas team historically have been able to come to Kansas City and cause fits. Good job, yeah. When they're good teams, bad teams, they are able to calm ugly things up. They, if everybody got frustrated with all the antics in the San Jose game, just get ready because <laughs> it's going to be more of a street fight against FC Dallas. One would think they know how to play the ball out of bounds and take forever to take their throw in, try to get under the skin of all the sporting Kansas City players. Uh, you know, Peter calls it all the time, the intelligencia de la calle, the the street smarts of, of these uh, types of players. So I don't think you take anything for granted in this game. I understand what you're saying, Connell. Right now, when you look on form, you look on quality on the field and all that, you say, okay, this is three points in the bag for sporting Kansas City. But one of the things that I liked the most out of all your post-game interviews that you did in Seattle Alley was when Johnny Russell said, this game, only, this game doesn't mean anything if we don't follow it up on Saturday with another mm-hmm. win. When you're trying to compete for the things that sporting are, which is first place in the West, which is the Supporter Shield, you don't have room for error. You have to grab three points in games like this. I get a sense there's a chip on the shoulder with it. I don't get a sense. It's obvious. I mean, to me, it's out there for the world to see. These guys have a chip on their shoulder, and they have something to prove. If they go into this game with that mentality, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's been you know, one, one big difference with this team this year. Not that they haven't had that mentality in the past, but it's something that you're, you're seeing throughout the team. I mean, Cameron Duke said several times after, as everyone's hyping him up with the goal, and I, I, he's a young kid and he doesn't want to say anything that's, you know, that you know, rocks the boat or anything. But to his credit, he did keep saying, you know, this is great, but we're looking ahead to Dallas. You've got guys who don't just have a chip on their shoulder for what you know the team wants to prove, but individual players who have things yeah. to prove, and Cameron Duke being one of those players. And um, I forget when we were talking about it, or uh, you know if this was something that Peter had said. But either way, you know you look at some of these young guys and the strides that they've made. Busio now about to you know at, at some point make a big move and and just kind of show that the next generation of guys coming up through the academy system and the pro player pathway hey, this can be you. You can achieve these things too. And when you have players who are all in that environment together, it raises the level of competition for everyone. And so I think you're going to start to see that, uh, you know, when Felipe Hernandez returns, Wilson Harris has started to get some more minutes too. And and you're going to need uh, good performances from all of those players as we get deeper into the second half of the season. It's hotter, congested schedule, all of those things. But I think that individual, you know, kind of, I got something to prove. And then that team, mentality of having something to prove is going to do well for sporting if they can can use it to their advantage in these games. I mean, the reason I probably do sound a bit arrogant there about with FC Dallas coming to town, I just think this year it's a different... I think sporting are, are at a different level 
now than they have been just in terms of character as well i mean look at the weekend tim melia i was a bit harsh i thought he could have done better for the goal coming out for the goal after that brushed completely off and then he's the best player on the pitch that fingertip save onto the post everything he he was just mentality monsters isi matt marin comes in doesn't miss a beat we were building packages on him for post game because he was playing so well but then other storylines happened remy walter coming in with having Elia going to be coming back like there's a different mentality it seems like it's shifted to maybe it's the chip on the shoulder we have something to prove to everyone here or maybe it's just we're realizing how good we actually are and getting these players fit and playing i think they'll welcome anyone to sport to or vermees is watching the broadcast as ec said that's a lot of pressure you know when we all know that as a broadcast let's be on point peter vermees is sitting at home watching this thing he's going to be back on the sideline on saturday and there's pressure now, too, because Patrick Mahomes is like that. He's one of the bosses. Like, you don't want to let that guy down. I mean, nobody yeah. in town wants to let down Patrick Mahomes. Hey, so. can, can Peter Vermees put up a Coach of the Week performance as yeah. Kerry Zavagnin did? Yeah, congratulations. Which, uh, yeah, Cong- that was yeah, awesome. we need to say that. Congratulations, Kerry. That was awesome stuff. That's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap things up now. Again, you can check out the game on Saturday night at 7.30 on Bally Sports Kansas City right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB as well with the pregame at 7 o'clock. Sporting KC... Two points off the pace in the Western Conference with a game in hand on Seattle, taking on FC Dallas Saturday night. For Connell McCourt, for Ali Trost, and for EC, this is Nate Bucati saying thanks for listening and watching to the Sporting Kansas City Show, and we'll see you next week.